We're back. Yep. Back for the sixth episode. Seventh. Been a little bit of a hiatus, right? Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff has gone on, and we're going to go over some of it in this episode. All right, so this episode, we're going to kind of focus on Kelly's parents and their relationship, some things that have changed kind of recently. Right. So my mother has, she never has been very supportive of me, was not supportive during this pregnancy, hence my moving to a whole different state. So I want to talk about rejection. So that was her first rejection of me. And this is like a, an adoptee kind of thing that people talk about a lot, but it happens in a bio family as well. Maybe five, six years after that, after I was in therapy for something, I asked her again, if you had things to do over again, would you have given me more support? And she was like, nope. <laughs> to which I said, wow, that's really unfortunate because you're teaching me how to treat you when you're an older person and you need support. Right. And she said, eh, I'll have money. Yeah. And I said, I'll remember that. And I don't think we spoke for a couple of years or so after that. And I think one of the viewer questions was, you know, did you feel like the black sheep of the family after that? Hell yeah. That was always like an undercurrent in our family. Not only could you not talk about it, was this undercurrent of, oh my God, is she going to do the right thing? Or, you know, I was always the person that was doing all the screw ups, I guess, you know. Even though that's something like most young adults are doing you just happen to get right Right. I was the one that got caught I was the one where it was obvious right and then you just get painted for the rest of your life yeah pretty much you know like my and and my daughters too like uh if Allie would come to Woods to Christmas and her blouse was too low my mom would want to get her a brooch (laughs) she's probably like what is a brooch yeah pretty much oh like you're, you're you're way too sexual my mother always had a problem with all my my sisters and I's sexuality, like, I don't know if she was like one of those women that was jealous of her daughters, but she has zero relationship with any of the three. I mean, even now. Mm. So come, this comes to the second cutting off. The third rejection that I got from my mother, this is not primary and the secondary one. This is now the third re- rejection, which at this time I've cut ties with her. Right, so you, you know, had the pregnancy where she didn't you know she didn't support uh when I found you or you found me she wanted to know about it and I cut her out because it was like the story of the little red hen you know (laughs) will you help me do this will you help me do this but then they want to eat the bread at the end no (laughs) you're not going to be able to you're not doing this with me right absolutely not she wasn't supportive yeah like what like all of a sudden it's okay yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe, I don't know, maybe her curiosity or I don't know. Oh, I'm then... sure she was curious and I wasn't going to let her. Yeah. Like I had too many bitter feelings about that. Like, right. no, you're not allowed. You're not invited. Right. And I think to your point, which you've talked about, like they just have very rigid. Uh... Very rigid Catholic morals, which I really have been dying to truth bomb them on a couple things in my family history that aren't about me. <laughs> yeah, so I've been mean, holding that secret in, but uh, yeah, so I invited them to finally meet you and your wife and, and daughter. And my, I put this letter in my mom's Mother's Day gift because I did their hair that day 
and we have to wear masks now and they can't hear mm-hmm. and I'm wearing a mask. So like conversations aren't as obvious as they were before with older people. It's, right. it's, been very, it's, it's very hard. difficult. They can't read your lips. They can't hear. Mm-hmm. So I wrote it down. Yeah. So I put this letter in there and said, I'm having this barbecue for Jenny and her family on such and such date. It's like June 7th or something like that. Mm-hmm. If you want to meet her. No, I don't hear anything. Don't, you know, crickets. Right. Two weeks later, she sends Bruce a birthday card. He had just seen her. He had, or I'm sorry, she had just seen him on his birthday that day that I gave her this gift. And it was, it was says like, uh, we're going to be in Montana the first part of June. <laughs> so like she wasn't going to even address it, you know? Right. So then the day comes along that it's happening and I see her no, name come up on my phone. Of course, I don't answer it. And so she leaves this, this message saying, you know, your dad and I aren't quite ready for this yet. <laughs> I'm like, what does that mean? You know? Right. So I let it go because that's the language in our family. Avoidance. Oh, sure. Don't talk about it directly to anybody people. ever. Right. Or it's explosive. There's only two options. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I let that go. And then she calls to make an appointment to get her hair done. And I said, okay, wait, wait, wait. Let, let's go over this. Exactly why can't you meet my daughter? Well, you know, it's the, the teachings of the Catholic Church say that, you know, being homosexual is wrong. And, and then they have that baby. And I go, that same IVF baby like your son has? Right. That's against the teachings of the church also. Like, so what is it really? Is it just the homosexuality or, or is, it, is it the racial part because she's married to a Puerto Rican or what is it? Well, it's just against the, the teachings of the church and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, wouldn't really give me a solid answer. Well, I mean, it is a solid answer, but it's a hateful answer. And I, I can't be complicit in that. So I'm saying, well, you can be as righteous as you want, but you're going to have to do it alone. Click, you know, I probably won't see her again until she's dead. <laughs> well, I hope not. I mean, no, this is how it goes in this family. Yeah. You know, I have a sister I haven't seen in 15 years. Yeah, I think, man, especially when you have a lot of kids, just. No, always... it was a dysfunctional family to grow up in. Very dysfunctional. And speaking of like keeping people out of this, I kept my own sister out of this for a while because I didn't want to relive all of her drama of her childhood again. Yeah, because she's more vocal she's, and... She's just she's very dramatic and gossipy. And Love already... her, she, her heart is totally in the right place, but she's got some issues of her own. Right, and you've kind of made peace with... I've, yeah, I've made peace with that. I mean, I let her in finally, but I just didn't want to have... I, I had enough stuff happening with meeting you in my own life drama mm-hmm. that I couldn't hear hers at this time. Yeah. Really? And like 10 years ago, more or less... I had to finally tell her, like, you can't call me anymore to talk about our shitty childhood. I I can't. I can't. I can't go down this road. Every conversation that we have is about how horrible it was growing up. No. Yeah. I'm not going to ruminate on that. You're you're causing me to have to ruminate on that, and I'm going to have to do too much meditation to clear that out of my mind. Right, and it's not bringing you any joy, right? (laughs) It wasn't. It was, yeah, I don't want to relive how horrible they were all the time. Yeah. Okay, so you have essentially, you're just basically not talking to them right now. And I think it was 
I think you were kind of coming up on this for a while before it happened. Like you were going to give them this opportunity. And then if they blew it by being just like hateful people that they were. Yeah. And my husband's like, oh, are you sure you want to do that? Like, yeah. And I kind of thought the same thing. And also, I think from my point of view, it's like, um, I don't know. It's like not my place to like cause drama because it's about me. I'm not technically causing drama. I'm just living my life. But exactly. Um, it's always like. You know. No, it's like, so, like, of course, I'm listening to all these podcasts because I got all this time and I'm walking because I'm going to beat you in the step challenge for this Not week. true. And <laughs> so, like, adoptees were talking about, like, how they felt like they were a secret. And I'm like, I don't want you to ever feel like that because that's not my right no, no, no. portrayal of this at all, you know? And I've got, it's not meeting my mother making it feel like you're a secret. I want you to have all of the answers that you want. Right, no, and I think... I, you know, even, I mean, of course I'd, you know, love to meet them, whatever, but I've also heard about just everybody knows in general how they kind of are. So, um, yeah. And we've just relocated outside. So you're going to hear some beautiful sounds of water and Kelly's pond in her backyard and some baby babble. Baby babble. Yep. So, so back to kind of what we were talking about, um, I guess I just didn't understand why you were so insistent on kind of like severing things with them if they didn't kind of have, you know, the reaction that you wanted. But then you kind of explained it to me like this, like, so what would you think if your dad didn't, you know, support your daughter because she's biracial and didn't exactly. like that? I was like, you, you'd be complicit yeah, you're right. in that discrimination. Yeah. I, I won't be complicit. Right. So that was a, I can't, I think that kind of like, you know, explained it a Plus, bit like, more. like, who doesn't want to meet their grandchild and great-grandchild? Like, who is that? Oh, I think they did until they found out I was gay, and then they're like, oh. Yeah, exactly. Weird. It's like, okay, so now you're uh, unacceptable? It's like, no, you are unacceptable exactly. to me at this point. Exactly. You are unacceptable. So, on that same matter of the, the family being so horrible, I wanted to talk about shame because, like, so many people want to put shame on you for this i really didn't experience a lot of shaming only for my own family <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> you know society in general i mean things were changing about that and that was like 1981 you know like abortions were legal i mean me picking to do that was probably out of the norm out, at that out of the point. norm because it was obvious you weren't having an abortion so your sin was you had to live it obvious. on you yeah you, right. had to, you had to live through it you know yeah. But I thought it was interesting. None of my friends were shaming me. And it was basically my mother. It was basically my family. And living down in Texas, as we did, I remember going on a group outing somewhere. And so, it's of course, it's a bunch of teenage pregnant people. Mm-hmm. And somebody saying something like, oh, my God, what's in the water here? <laughs> <laughs> and this one girl, she's like, yeah, don't drink it. <laughs> I'm sure that's a really... God, could you imagine seeing this, like, a whole group Yeah, of- just a bunch of little penguins, you know, walking around that are totally <laughs> underage. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. That whole situation of being down there was so interesting. So, what has been yeah. the reaction of, you know, other family members of yours? Because since you've told them about your divorcing or firing of your parents. Well, as you like see. to call it. Yeah, the firing. <laughs> I didn't tell my brother. I talked to him on his birthday on the 7th of July. 
because I don't really do family drama with him. It's just not something that we do. It's not something we connect on. I don't know on. that he'd be interested either. Yeah, exactly. Um, I did see his wife, Terry, at that Armenian coffee ground reading that we had. Yeah. She's awesome. Um, she was just basically shaking her head and disgusted, you know, like, yeah, that's who they are, you know. And then my little sister is incredibly fired up and wants to be in the middle of all of this as a mediator somehow. And doesn't quite understand that I just don't care. Right. <laughs> like, I just don't care. You're kind of over it. You've been coming yeah, yeah, to this point. Yeah, I already point. knew who they were, you know. And like I say, my husband warned me against doing this because yeah. he knew what the outcome would be. Right. But, you know, the COVID hit and I just... <laughs> Felt I was like really feeling bad. Like, what would Jesus do at this moment? <laughs> oh, like giving them a chance yeah, to be involved. Yeah, giving them a chance, giving you maybe some answers that you wanted, you know, and it just, like, the COVID changed a little bit of my thinking sure. on that stuff. Like, maybe <laughs> we didn't have all the time in the world. Exactly. That's so funny. But, yeah. That's where that ends. So, my sister wants to be really involved in this and doesn't want her husband to play chess with my dad or something weird like that and will want to have the whole family embroiled in some kind of oh, no. family riot that I'm just uninterested in. You're like, all right, no, we don't want to do that. We just don't want to yeah. have contact. And with I them. think your, your wife was saying like, well, maybe they could just have separate relationships. And I'm like, again, no, I won't be compliant in this and yeah. pretend like this is okay to shun somebody. And I actually had to get those words out of my mother's mouth when I had this conversation with her about this. Mm-hmm. That, so you're shunning my daughter. And what well, she no, say? it's just that this is what the church thinks. So you're shunning my daughter. I, I need to hear this come out of your mouth. <laughs> she finally said yes? No, she just kept falling back to the teachings of the church. You know, yeah, thinking, I think that the you know, church, I mean, we could, yeah, we could go into a lot, but love the sinner, hate the sin, what? Yeah, it's just a way for her to have to be in control and be condemning, basically. Like, yeah. she's been all of my life, so there's no news flash there. Right, so... And we're back inside. Somebody was sawing something in a backyard. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's one of the big developments, I guess, what we could say has happened in the last couple months. Yes, one of the big developments. So next time um, on the podcast, we are going to talk about me contacting my birth dad, or us, kind of. (laughs) Yeah, us contacting. Oh, one more thing before we go. Um, You wanted to mention a new podcast that we've been listening to and really liking. Yeah, it's called Twisted Sisterhood. And I guess I can relate to it a lot because it comes from the perspective of of a birth mom. Although these gals are considerably younger than I am and less far into the process. Like, I think they're like... They're just younger. They sound like almost... Well, like they're 14 years out and two years out or something. Not 36 or 38 years out, you know? Right. No, so it's interesting to hear. And you also don't... I mean, maybe we just haven't found any other ones, but you don't find a lot of um, podcasts from the birth mother's perspective. You don't find a lot in general, I would say, from the birth mother's perspective. Yeah, we're supposed to be those people that just go away. (laughs) Stop. So, yeah, super interesting. Definitely recommend it. Again, it's called Twisted Sisterhood Podcast. Yep. So I think I've listened to like four or five, yeah. But um, very interesting, and I love like just the real kind of answers they they give about their... Yeah, they have a great sense of humor, too. I like that. Yeah, totally. So... Check them out.